Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. 911, what is your emergency? I need help. There's some people outside. I think they're trying to break into my garage. They're breaking into your home right now? Yeah. Can you send some police? What kind of police? What do you mean, what kind of police? Due to recent policy changes regarding police brutality, we need to ensure that the officers we send out are guaranteed to not be viewed as racist, trigger-happy, discriminatory in the event of a violent confrontation. So, Can you just send someone to help? I don't know what these people want. My family is here and... Oh my God, they just got into the garage. Please send some help. In order to send help, I need to know what race the perpetrators are, their age, their sexual orientation, what gender they are. Do they have a criminal record? Are they on drugs? If they are armed, and if so, what are they armed with? I don't care about any of that. Send help now. Sir, we cannot send white officers out there if the perpetrators breaking into your home are non-Caucasian. I can't send officers out there with guns if the alleged burglars are not armed. So, I need to know. <laughs> Sir? Sir? Now, one, one, what is your emergency? Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. I'm telling you, if you think police are coming, they're not coming. I suggest you get a gun. I suggest you learn how to be proficient with that firearm. I suggest you learn use of force and daily force. Learn when you can legally shoot someone because it is now up to you to save yourself and save your family. They're not coming. So you need to learn how to, you know, secure your home. Get yourself some good cameras. You know, see what's happening outside your home. Know when that intruder's coming in. Get some cameras so you can see uh, inside and outside the home and protect yourself and also protect your family. So the days of calling 911 and expecting the police to show up, those days are gone, especially if you live in Austin, Texas. That's right. The police have been defunded, and they're not responding to little calls like burglary. You know, they're not responding to little calls like theft. You know, they don't care if someone's breaking into your home or breaking into your business. You know, it's up to you. You have to take your own personal safety, your into your own hands. You're your own security officer now. You got to protect your home and protect your family and your loved ones. That's where we are today, Zach.
That's a really great place we're at right now. Huh? That's where we are. That's where we are. I'm telling you right now. You think they're coming? They're not coming. That's right. And boy, let me tell you, we got some, we got some news out of more stuff out of Austin, Texas. This guy decided he was going to Molotov cocktail the Travis County Democratic Party's office in Austin, Texas. We come back from the break. We're going to show you that video. We're going to show you his face. We're going to tell you everything about him. We got the the arrest warrant. We're going to read that so you know everything about what's going on with all that. Because let me tell you, you know, you just, you know, when it comes to politics, you don't like the other side. You don't like what's happening. You got to just rub that stuff off and just let it go. Trust me. They're going to burn each other. They're going to burn themselves. They, they will burn their own house down. You don't have to help them out. You know, they're going to destroy it themselves. Yeah. So we come back. We're going to talk about that. We, all, we got some, man, I got some videos. I, I have some, uh, some stories of some things that have happened around the country, some things that happened around Texas. We're going to talk about some different shootings. We're going to talk about uh, <laughs> some just crazy and wild stuff that's actually happened this week. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolfer, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so check out this video. This is from Austin, Texas. You had a guy, Ryan Faircloth, decided he was going to Molotov cocktail the Travis County Democratic Party. Take a look at this video here. All right, so. All right, so this guy, you know, creeps up to the Travis County uh, Democratic Party's office there. Oh, like a little creep there. Besides, he's going to throw a Molotov cocktail. He's going to torch the whole place. Now, the one thing about this idiot is uh, I think he, like, joked about it on social media or, you know, made some statements on social media about it. Uh, and and when and it's funny because um, 
I think his apartment complex manager saw saw a video of this guy. It's like, I know that idiot. You know, someone else called the police and ratted him out. Let me tell you, you know, <laughs> this is a la- and we got his booking photo as well. You got to take a look at that. Uh, yeah, take a look at this guy. Let's make this guy famous. Can't do things like that, you know. I may not like these guys. I may not like them either. I may not like the people either. But you can't, you know, destroy property. Can't do that. That's what this guy looks like. So, uh, Ryan Faircloth. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's his warrant of arrest we have for you here. It says possession or manufacture of a prohibited weapon, third-degree felony of which uh, the offense he is accused by the written complaint under oath of arson investigator Lieutenant Stephen Windsor. So what we're saying is, let's see here, let's get into this. I have good reason to believe and do believe that Ryan Faircloth, white male, date of birth November 14th, not going to give all that stuff, on or about the 29th day of September 2021, did commit the offense of possession of a manufacturer of a prohibited weapon, a third-degree felony. Uh, My belief of the foregoing statement is based on the following information. A fingant is Lieutenant Stephen Windsor. This is the guy that found the report. A fire and arson investigator for the Austin Fire Department who has been assigned case follow-up duties with regard to a fire that occurred at 1311 86th Street, Austin, Travis County. On September 29, 2021, at approximately 2.18 a.m., the Austin Fire Department was notified of a reported fire inside of a building at 1311 East 6th Street. Fire crews responded and found the fire to have been extinguished prior to their arrival by nearby citizens. Fire investigators were requested to determine the origin and cause of the fire. After a thorough scene exam and interviews, investigators determined that the fire to be incendiary. And during the exam, an improvised explosive device was also identified near the point of origin. No injuries or fatalities were reported. Now, video surveillance footage from 1311 East 6th Street, the Travis County Democratic Party office, was voluntarily given to investigators on September 29th. And they reviewed this video and noted that at 2.01 a.m., a moron, (laughs) I'm sorry, maroon, I just couldn't resist. (laughs) A a maroon-colored F-150 truck traveling north on Navasota without headlights and slowly turned westbound onto East 6th Street. I'm going to tell you, this is how they get you. One, he had his cell phone on him. Two, you had surveillance video from the security cameras of the intersections and different businesses. That's all that stuff. Man, I'm telling you, that's how they get you. God, man, these guys are so stupid. Going to commit a crime, at least try. You know what I'm saying? At least try to hide it. The video surveillance footage from the... 1311 East 6th Street, Travis County Democratic Party office was voluntarily given. And so at approximately 2.06 a.m., the person identified as Ryan Faircloth by an informant is seen walking in front of the Travis County Democratic office in an American flag face covering, an American flag head covering, gray colored long sleeve shirt, black shorts, and gray black Nike running shoes. Faircloth steps back and throws a rock in the direction of the front door to 1311 6th Street. He immediately picks the rock back up and throws it the second time, this time breaking the glass in the door. The rock can be seen in the interior camera coming through the door. Now, Faircloth leaves the camera view after throwing the rock 
through the front door. At approximately 2.11 a.m., Fairclock enters the, the camera view again from the corner of Navasota and East 6th Street, wearing the same clothing, holding a dark-colored bottle with a light-colored material sticking out of the top, later identified as an improvised explosive device. Now, while reviewing the video uh, evidence of the offense, the, the offend uh, received a tip from an informant who wished to remain anonymous. They were confident that they knew the identity of this suspect. They pointed the, this guy out in a Facebook page of Ryan Fairclaw. On the Facebook page, uh, this person was able to view publicly. It was made. He made a post from the page owner on the night of the fire. Now, one post left at 6.08 p.m. on September 28th appeared to match the style of writing to a note that was left at 1311 East 6th Street. The Facebook post and note both were written in segments divided by three dots. I better stop doing that because I do that sometimes. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I guess I better stop doing that. The Facebook post ended saying, I'm riding, riding for the people now. While a handwritten note on scene was signed, the people... The informant was was showed the, uh, this guy's text message and a conversation from Faircloth that started at 3.28 a.m. on September 29th. Now, a picture was sent to uh, via text to the informant from a number that the informant had previously associated with Faircloth. The picture shows a gas can, a blue healer cannon, uh, K9, sorry, and the text read, only cause you ask what to do in the opposition. Got the gas tank in the tank, Carnal? Don't mean to brag, but see, when, when when they say I did it, 6th Street location is on the watch now. Since that time, then the informant showed the, uh, the fan a message requesting the informant to delete the text thread and that Faircloth would explain. So now the problem I have with this is that I don't understand, you know, you know, nothing was stolen, nothing was taken. So what? They damaged property. You know, what a big deal. I don't see what all the hoopla is all about. Because we had eight people in five vehicles break into a gun store in Austin, Texas, and there was no investigation whatsoever. A gun store. And the police did zero investigation. After the initial 911 call, there was no investigator showed up at the scene, no crime, uh, no crime investigators. No one came to do fingerprints. No one came to collect DNA or any samples of anything, any evidence. No one collected anything. So why should we care about the the Austin Democratic Party's office being vandalized. That's the same thing. My business, the gun store, was vandalized as well by eight people, eight people in five vehicles, and there is no investigation. So what's the big deal? Zach? What's the problem? I don't know. I, I don't get it. This is no big deal. There's nothing to see here, people. I say, let's keep it moving. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. You know, so who cares? So let's keep it moving. Oh my goodness! Uh, I just want to throw that in their face to show you know hypocrisy here. Uh, then also this this whole weekend you know Saturday is like my body my choice. You know you got people at the the Capitol yelling my body my choice. You know talking about the the bill that has passed the Texas legislature when it comes to abortion. Well, you know what what about you know what about the uh, the COVID nineteen shot? Isn't that my body, my choice? No, it's not. It's not? It's someone else's choice. That's someone else's choice. Hey, Michael, it's different. That changes. Okay, it's different. Oh, oh, my bad. Uh-huh. Okay, not a problem. 
you have to forgive me. I'm, I'm currently right now. I'm blocked from Facebook, so I can't post the video. <laughs> <laughs> We're not posting the video from my Facebook page because I'm currently not on Facebook. You know, Google at the beginning of the weekend and YouTube just blocked all anti-vax channels. Really? Yep. Okay. And they actually blocked uh, Dr. Mercola's channel, and they blocked Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s channel. Wow. Some key yeah, they people. deleted them. They're like, hey, we don't because care Because they are not for the jab. <laughs> so they're gone. Uh, straight killing me right now. I just I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's all the same. You can't say my body, my choice when it comes to that and then say it's not your choice. The government says you need to do this when it comes to the, the other side. It's all the same thing to me. It's my body, my choice, both sides. So everyone's wrong when it comes to this. I don't care if you're a Democrat, I don't care if you're a Republican. You know, I do believe it is, you know, it's your body, your choice. Mm -hmm. So if I want to get the shot or not get the shot is my choice. You know, getting abortion, not getting abortion is my choice. <laughs> your choice? <laughs> my choice. That's right. My choice. You know, if I want to keep my baby, I can keep my baby. For my cold, dead hands. <laughs> Dave Chappelle has a good skit on that, too. What does he say? My cold, dead he hands. He basically says, yeah, you should be able to get an abortion. And also, men should be able to opt out. That's right. Opt out of child support. Mm -hmm. I'm all for it 100%. Absolutely. That's right. Women should be able to choose whether to have that baby or not have that baby. And you're right. We should be able to, men should be able to opt out of paying child support. <laughs> he can't, can't go. And don't call me. Don't write me any letters because I'm not changing my mind. People do write you letters. They too. do. They will write me letters and let me know letters. they hate what I'm saying. Or, you know, I like the ones that say they love it and they they, they send me paperclip uh, clippings from different news stories. I love I love those. I use those on the show. But then you get those people that will send me a letter and say, you know what, uh, Michael Cargill, I just I totally disagree with you. And here's why I disagree with you. You know, I don't care what your opinion is. <laughs> That's <laughs> guess what? What a concept. I care less. You know. Zero given here. <laughs> zero thoughts zero, given. Zero thoughts given. All right, so when we come back from the break, I want to talk about the Smith & Wesson. They're moving their headquarters to Tennessee. I want to talk about this New York teen who shot and killed his friend or shot and killed by a friend. I want to talk about the man used homemade ghost gun to shoot four in New York. You know, what is the media calling a ghost gun? Is it really a ghost gun? Or is it the a firearm where the serial number's been shaved off? You know, is it really a ghost gun? Is it is something a homemade gun that you make from you know either a three D printed machine or some other way? Uh, we're going to talk about the Illinois state trooper who was found shot dead in a patrol car. We want to talk about the hospital workers strike over staffing shortages in upstate New York. Um, want to I'm going to mention shortly uh, the people that are. Man, it's, it's, it's hard to find employees nowadays. You know, a lot of companies are trying to hire new people, and they're having a very hard time doing that because a couple things. One, you know, it's not enough people don't want to work. Two, not everyone wants to get the shot. Three, you know, they're like, hey, I want to work during the day. I don't want to work at night. I don't want to work after a certain time. And four, we've had, you know, like hundreds of thousands of people die from COVID-19. And some other things over the last year. So we lost a lot, a lot of people, you know, over the last year. And so all that comes into play and people have moved like Austin, Texas. We have people that have moved here 
from other cities and other states that are trust fund babies. Uh, they have high end jobs and the people that are working the lower jobs, the jobs, you know, you know, your restaurant, your 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 waiters, uh, your your people that work at McDonald's and Burger King and Chick-fil-A and stuff like that. You know, those people have moved away from the city. And so now guess what? We don't have anyone to replace them. So now we're short employees. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about current events, talking about shootings that happened around the, the state of Texas and also around the country. All right, so, man, let's go to, let's talk about Smith & Wesson in, out of Tennessee. So Smith & Wesson, you know, has decided to leave their home state. They're like, ah, we're out of here. <laughs> we're gone. And they're actually moving to Tennessee. So Smith & Wesson, man, I, I love that company. I mean, I love Smith & Wesson. I actually have a Smith & Wesson M&P that I like to carry. Um, I have an AR. I have a, a handgun that I like, you know, with Smith & Wesson. Uh, you got that revolver, right? Yeah, my revolver. That's right. That's right. I like to carry a revolver, you know, because you just never know. Um, yeah, I love my revolver. Yeah, Travis sent me that story and basically said that uh, any of your Smith & Wessons that are stamped made in Massachusetts are going to be collector's items. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, I don't think we'll think of it like that. <laughs> we can't wait for Tennessee. <laughs> so uh, they're trying to prevent Smith & Wesson uh, from moving. <laughs> Uh, so I don't. They're trying to. I guess they're trying to keep them from manufacturing products. I guess is what they're trying to do. They're making laws just to specifically keep them from manufacturing in Massachusetts. These bills would prevent Smith and Wesson from manufacturing firearms that are legal in almost every state in America and that are safely used by tens of millions of law-abiding citizens every day. Exercise their constitutional Second Amendment rights. 
Wessons. Um, and Smith & Wesson has been located in Springfield, Massachusetts, since being incorporated in 1852. That facility will remain operational, but others in Connecticut and Missouri will close as part of the consolidation. Now, upward of 750 jobs will move from those facilities to the new headquarters in Maryville, Tennessee. Employees who cannot make the move will be offered enhanced severance and job placement uh, services. Now, this has been an extremely difficult and emotional decision for Smith & Wesson, but after an exhaustive and thorough analysis for the continued health and strength of their you know, iconic company, they feel that uh, it would be it would have been left with no, they've been left with no other alternative other than to, you know, to go ahead and leave. So, yeah, they're they're moving uh, the legislation that they're proposing in Massachusetts would if enacted would prevent Smith and Wesson from manufacturing products that accounted for more than 60 percent of its revenue last year. So they're trying to shut them down so they have no choice but to move. And they had to spend $125 million to relocate. Yeah. I think that's going to help. That's going to hurt Massachusetts as well. Yeah. In, so in the, their bill is Bill House uh, 4038, which is an act banning semi automatic firearms. Mm. Ooh. What do you think about it? <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, Banning semi-automatic firearms? That's everything. That's about everything they make. That's everything except revolvers and bolt-action rifles. And yeah. Pump shotguns. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so they want to ban any rifle or shotgun containing a semi-automatic mechanism. Yeah. They're changing the definition of assault weapon to semi-automatic. Really? And striking out the definition of large-capacity weapon and inserting in place thereof the following definition. Large capacity weapon, any firearm, rifle, or shotgun that is semi-automatic with a fixed large capacity feeding device. Mm. Well, so Massachusetts is just trying to just bury gun rights in one bill here. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Let's go to, let's go to Memphis, Tennessee here. Let's check this out. So video shows, um, let's see here, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, Surveillance video shows an unlicensed security guard fatally shoot a man at a Memphis gas station after arguing over music. It's important that when you're traveling in different states and you're deciding to settle down in a particular state, you adhere to whatever their laws are in that particular state. For example, in Texas, if you want to be a security officer in Texas, you have to be certified through the Private Secure Bureau, the, you know, through regulatory services of the Department of Public Safety. You have to, if you want to be a security officer who is unarmed but wear a uniform, you have to be a level two security officer. If you want to be a security officer who is, you know, who is armed and wearing a uniform, you have to be a level three security officer. If you want to wear plain clothes and protect an individual, you have to be a level four security officer. You have to be certified through the state of Texas. You have to sit through a course, a class, get a certification, you can get a a card from DPS, Department of Public Safety, that says, you know, what your certification is and what you can do. So surveillance video played in, in court shows an unlicensed security guard who fatally shot a man at a Memphis gas station. And so, you know, man, what his attorney is going to have to argue is, okay, you know, man, this guy, if he didn't, if he wasn't there, you know, to stop what had happened, you know, the, the situation would have been really bad. It would have been worse. Because guess what? You know, you're unlicensed. You're an unlicensed security officer. You're not supposed to be there in the first place. 
So you shouldn't have been there to pull your gun out. So hopefully, you know, we'll see how the jury, you know, decides this case. Maybe if there's some little jury nullification there, and maybe this guy to get off. So the surveillance video is showing an unlicensed security guard. Bailey shoot a man at a Kroger gas station in East Memphis, Tennessee, was played in court. And after reviewing the video at a, pro- at a probable cause hearing on Tuesday, a Shelby County criminal court judge found that there was no evidence that the shooting of Alvin Motley Jr. was justified and allowed the case to move forward to a grand jury. So now the grand jury is going to decide the case. The grand jury indicts this guy. There's going to be a trial. After seeing the video and going through this preliminary, um, uh, you know, this one guy, Motley's father, you know, said, hey, he was heartbroken. <laughs> you know, and that's it's it's funny because, you know, you got people come out of the woodworks um, and say, you know what? You know, my son, he was a good boy, even though he was robbing someone, <laughs> you know, and committing mayhem. They're going to come out and say, you know, he was he was a good he was a good young man. And he was trying to do the right thing by robbing someone, in, you know, with a stolen gun. He was trying to do the right thing. They're going to say all kind of good things about this person, make him seem like a little angel. And he all he was a little monster and deserved to be six feet under, you know, but they're going to come out of the woodworks and talk and say good things about him, you know, and make you look like the bad person. So you need to make sure you get the certifications that you're supposed to get so you can le- legally put these people down like the dogs that they really are. Uh, Gregory Livingston, a former Mississippi police officer who did not have a license to work as a security guard in Tennessee, previously had been charged with second-degree murder and is being held on a $1.8 million bond. Ugh, that's insane. Man, that's, that's why, you know, and I, I talk, you know, Zach, I talk to people like I'm blue in the face. And, you know, I get these people on Facebook and social media, and they'll tell people, you know, especially all these little different Facebook groups, you don't need to take a class. You don't, you, in Texas, we have constitutional carry. You can carry your gun. You don't need a license. You know, you, you do need- not know what you are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they do. They're like, you don't need a license. You don't need to take a class. You just, you can just carry your gun. You know, and you know what? And then what happens? Well, it's every- true. Yeah, it is true. But guess what happens every weekend? Every weekend, I have at least, you know, like five to seven people that have to take a court-ordered class because they're an idiot who did something wrong and didn't know what the law was. And now it's court-ordered. They've been convicted with a crime, and now they have to take a firearm safety course. And people are like, what court orders this? Look here, fool. You fools out there that are on social media. Yeah, you fool, the one that's listening to me right now, that are telling people they don't need a class. You are a fool and you're an idiot. You have these people every single weekend. That's all I do. But you know what? I shouldn't complain. I thank you. Continue doing what you're doing. Keep telling them that. Good for business. Yes, give them that bad (laughs) advice. On on behalf of my staff, we thank you. You know what? I'm not going to get upset. You know, I, I care too much, but you know what? I give up. You win, I give. <laughs> you know what? You win, I give up. You continue on. You tell them all that bad advice. You you tell them they don't need a class. They don't have to learn the laws and all that stuff. And you keep telling them all that bad Facebook advice, that bad Twitter advice. Because when they screw up and they're standing before the DA, the district attorney, especially in Travis County, and they're like, ah, <laughs> Well, you know what? Your attorney, he's going to cost about $10,000. And yeah, and by the way, we need that court cost. And oh, by the way, 
Yeah. Uh, you need to take a course and go on down there to Michael Cargill. <laughs> They'll tell you that on 311. Yeah, go on down there to Michael Cargill, and he'll give you a class and give you a certificate, and then we'll get this charge. We'll go and see about getting this uh, expunged or dismissed and dropped from your record. <laughs> you know, don't listen. You know, don't listen to me beforehand. Go ahead and do it. You know, I, it's every single weekend, and I and I love asking people. So, what did you do? Tell me what you do. Why do you have to be there? Why you have today? to be? In, why you're here in class today? Why do you need a certificate for class? Because no one else needs a certificate. Only half of you need a certificate. So the this you know we had two classes this morning. The first class, no one needed a certificate. Except for one. The second class, almost <laughs> almost everyone needed a certificate for class. The second class. Almost everyone in class. I'm like, man, why do you guys need a certificate? Well, you know, I was walking down the street, and, you know, I had a gun in my backpack. And, um, and all of a sudden, the police surrounded me. They thought I was someone else that they were looking for. And it turned out they had the wrong person. But in the meantime, when they detained me and they handcuffed me, and check my backpack. I had a gun in my backpack, and I didn't have a license for it. And this was before constitutional carry went into effect. And I knew when constitutional carry was going to go into effect, but I carried a gun anyway. Oops. <laughs> well, so appreciate you. On behalf of my staff, we thank you. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be there on Sunday. We only come to Sunday for classes. That's the only reason why we're open on Sunday is for classes, for firearm safety courses, for people who are classes that are court-ordered. That's the only reason we open on Sunday. The only reason. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be open on Sunday. That's why I have to get up early on Sunday. Yes, that's why you're up early on Sunday. For two <laughs> classes for people who have to take a court-ordered class because they've been charged with a crime. Okay, I cannot stress that enough. But you know what? I dig I digress. Don't listen to me. You know, don't listen to your attorney. You just keep doing what you're doing and listen to those people on Facebook. Get your legal advice from Facebook. <laughs> All right, so we come back from the break. Um, I want to talk about this New York teen who shot and killed his friend. I want to talk about the man who used a homemade ghost gun to shoot four in New York. I want to talk about Illinois State Trooper who found shot dead in a patrol car. I want to talk about the hospital workers' strike over staffing shortages in upstate New York. And I also want to talk about a Texas man chased down carjack who, uh, carjacker who allegedly dragged a woman to her death with a baseball bat. Also, uh, a man was a, a someone was attacked in Austin, Texas, and here's what he said: Here's what I did and how to defuse the attack anywhere. This young lady's going to talk about that. Austin, Texas is becoming more like Los Angeles, and that's not a good thing. We come back from the break. We'll talk about that and more. Also, you know what? George Soros Group—they're pouring five hundred thousand dollars into a campaign to oppose and reinstating the Austin police units that are defunding the police. We'll talk about that. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, let's travel over to uh, to Georgia. Man, I love Georgia. My parents live in Georgia. And Georgia never lets me down. 
you know, between Georgia and Florida, boy, let me tell you, when you break into their house, they let you know. They send you right back out where you came from. It could be the bird. It could be the cat. It could be the dog. Someone's going to see you running back outside that home. But criminals, they keep trying. They keep doing it over and over again. So let's go to Georgia. So a home intruder was attacked and killed by a Georgia homeowner's dog, according to investigators. Now, I can't even make this stuff up, even if I tried. So this guy, uh, what's his name? His name is Alex Beam. Uh, he's 21 years of age. Oh, he was 21. <laughs> he breaks into a homeowner's home, and the dog just mauls this guy to death. This guy is running for his life trying to get outside the home. He makes it outside, and and he dies outside the home. You know, the dog just, man, this dog just ate him to, ooh, I'm telling you, that's what you need to do. I, you know, that's, why, that's why I love pit bulls. I love my girls. My girls, I love my, I love my girls. Yes. Yes, Zach. Mm. I lost one of my girls this week. Mm. Yes. Sorry one that. of my girls, one of my dogs died in her sleep. And so at least she, she went peacefully. She was such a good girl. She was a good girl. She was a good girl, too. Sweetest. She was. She would wake me up every morning at 7.30 a.m. Tail wagon, I bet. Yes. Hey, you, Darky, take me outside. <laughs> It's time, time for me to go outside. I need to go to the restroom. You know, she would wake me up every morning. You know, I love my girls. And she luckily, she passed away in her sleep, though. And I think that's a nice way to go. You know, we didn't have to go through, you know, her being in pain or anything like that. She was just asleep and just never woke up. There was no, you know, no pain or anything. The other dogs didn't get up. You know, the other dogs didn't even know at all. You know, we all got up and we all realized at the same time, you know, she had passed away in her sleep. So we had a cremated this week, you know, but you know, I love my girls. You know, I, I love my pit bulls. I love my female dogs. You know, they take care of you. You take care of them. You feed them and they will protect you by any means necessary. And that's what you need to do. You need to get yourself a dog. Someone breaks into the house. The dogs, my dogs know when someone's walking up the driveway. They know when someone's in the front yard. They know when someone's in the backyard. They have a different type of bark. You know, for you know, for different things, and you gotta recognize that tone. You know, when that's that deep bark, boys, someone's outside. It's time to go to town. You know, someone's outside in the front yard. They're coming up the driveway. It's three o'clock in the morning. Someone's outside trying to break into the car. We get that roof, roof, big, deep bark. So we need to go to town, and and that's when you know you gotta just sometimes you gotta release the dogs. Dogs can handle. You know why? Because the police are not coming, Zach. They're not responding. No, anymore. Popo. That's right. They're not coming. They're like, no, no, no. It's not enough of us. We've been defunded. So we're, you know, we're trying to, you know, answer those calls as best we can. So you got to handle it, handle things yourself. The purge has begun. I'm telling you right now, you're going to learn today, people. The purge has started. It's the survival of the fittest. So if you don't know, you're going to learn right now. That's right. The purge has begun. So this idiot who's 21 years, who was 21, decided he's going to break into someone's home and take their property, take their stuff. And boy, he got learnt. <laughs> Let me tell you. And he ended up crawling out of the house and dying outside the house being and, and found by investigators, by law enforcement. And so goodbye. Say hi to Jesus. Holla back. Peace. And you're out. <laughs> next next victim 
All right, so let's talk about New York City. Let's go to New York, New York, New York. Man, I don't like New York. As far as I can come, I, you know what, I, Zach? I go to Philadelphia City of Brotherly Love, and I do a hard stop right there. And I tell everybody, come on over to Philadelphia City of Brotherly Love. Come visit me over here because I don't go to New York City. Go no further. I go no further. You I, shall not pass. Shall not pass. I do a hard stop, hit a wall. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I stopped right there. All right, so, but over in New York City, so video shows uh, the moment the New York City teen was killed by his friend during a shootout. Take a look at this video right here. And I don't think this video has audio at all. All right, so this guy shoots his own buddy. Is that so what they're happened? they're running away from something, right? Yeah, yeah, they're running away from something. The shocking security footage obtained by the Post shows the moment a 16-year-old boy, 16 years old, was accidentally shot in the head and killed by his, his own friend in a gunfight in Brooklyn on Tuesday afternoon. 16. Okay. First of all, it's New York City. No one can have a gun. Only police. You got to beg. You got to be a politician, an elected official, a very high-level elected official to have a license or be rich. You know, so 16, you're not supposed to have a gun <laughs> for stars. You can't even have a gun 16 in, in, in Texas, my goodness. Mm -hmm. All right, so he's 16 years old, you know, and they're just, you know, committing mayhem. And so careless, they shoot their own friend. You know what? Look here, people. Come on down here to Texas. <laughs> Come on down here. I'll teach you how to shoot. I'm so tired of people shooting innocent people. You know, shooting like, you know, we had that massive shooting we had down here in Austin, Texas, where... You had these teenagers who were 16, 17 years old trying to shoot each other. And shooting instead of shooting each other, they shoot 14 innocent people and didn't even hit each other. So I'm going to tell you, come to me. I want to teach you how to shoot. I want to make sure you're proficient with the firearm so that way you can shoot and kill each other and don't shoot innocent people. I don't want innocent people shot. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to go that far. Mike, did you know as of last weekend, uh -oh. there were about 215 kids under 17 that died of COVID-19 this year? Really? Yeah. And did you also know that in Chicago up to last week, there were over 300 kids killed just by violence? Wow. Uh -huh. so, so 200 in the country, uh -huh. COVID, 300 in Chicago. In Chicago. Wow. But we don't have a problem in Chicago. We got it all under control. Chicago's a <laughs> utopia. It's all under control in Chicago. Because they have strict gun control. Strict gun control. Mm -hmm. We got it all under control. Don't worry about what's happening here, uh, Mayor Lightfoot. <laughs> uh, what is it? What do they say? Oppressed in the sheets? <laughs> uh, in the streets or something like that is a little saying they have there. You know, <laughs> something in the, it's something. <laughs> You know, I I can't even think of what the name is. Uh, I gotta, I'll, you'll find it for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good saying. It's a good saying. So the shoot, shooter, and we're we're talking about New York here. The shooter was firing at a rival gunman after he was shot in the stomach amid a volley of bullet bullets along an East New York commercial strip around 1:30 p.m. Three young men wearing a hooded sweatshirt were running down Pitkin Avenue when one opened fire, but instead of striking his rival, the gunman accidentally struck. Uh, Mr. Pennington, 16 years old, in the head at the corner of Miller Avenue, according to police. And after Pennington was shot, another young man with a blood-drenched sweatshirt attempts to pull a limp uh, Pennington off the street corner and out of the line of fire. Man, 
and sad situation there. You know, now he's got to deal with the fact that he shot his buddy. He shot his friend. No one else. He did it. Because he kept his finger on the trigger while he was running. Yeah, just tip, I mean, it's the safety rules. Finger off the trigger unless you're on target, ready to fire. Finger. Don't point your gun at anything you're not ready to destroy. Not anything. Always be cautious of where that muzzle that gun is pointed. Always be cautious of that. So we come back from the break. I want to talk about the man who used a homemade ghost gun to shoot four in New York. I want to talk about an Illinois state trooper found, uh, found shot dead in a patrol car. Also want to talk about hospital workers who were striking over staffing shortages in upstate New York. Also, I want to talk about, um, um, man, and Austin, Texas becoming more like Los Angeles. And the young lady talks about her story and what she had to do to defend herself. You know, because she, she was a young lady was attacked in Austin, Texas, and she's going. She's you know we're going to read what she had to do to defuse an attack. You know, she's going to tell us you know some of her things that she uses because. She happens to be downtown Austin. She has to deal with these homeless people. And so, because she works downtown, she's going to tell what, you know, what she does to defuse the situation. You know, because I guess where she works, she, maybe she can't carry a gun. And Soros, George Soros, he pours $500,000 into a campaign to oppose the reinstating of Austin police units that were defunded. So, I guess the proposition, I guess we'll read about what that prop is, because I don't know what the prop actually says. So we have to get some, we'll pull some documentation up on that to see what the prop actually says. And then, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what the opposition is 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 saying about it. So we'll talk about that, because that's a really big deal here. You know, with defunding the police, you know, you know, you have groups, group Save Austin now is saying, hey, let's refund the police. And let's let the police, you know, answer those calls, the 911 call when you when you call them. Uh, we need more police officers per how many civilians that we have out on the streets. We don't have enough officers on the road. We need we need we need the you know police academy. We need more police uh, cadets in the in the academy so we can you know solve our staffing issues that we're having in the city of Austin. So it's a really big problem here. Not enough police on the street to handle the problems. And all you have to do is people are upset. Well, you know, well, what about when a police officer does this? A police officer does that. Well, you know what? What a concept. If a police officer is wrong, they're committing a crime, then how about you do this? How about you prosecute them for the crime they committed? And let's keep it moving. Let's prosecute that officer and then hire someone else and let's keep it moving, people. That's how you handle that situation. You know, by not prosecuting and not holding them responsible, then, you know, we're adding to the problem. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about current events around the country. Also, we're talking about what's happening in Austin, Texas, because Austin is where it's happening. You know, when you talk, when you think about the United States of America, it's it's more like what's happening in Austin because we are the movers and shakers of this country now. You know, if it's happening, if it's new, if it's innovative, uh, it's, if it's something that, you know, man, you know, this is going to be the way of the future. It takes place in Austin, Texas. So let's talk about how Austin is becoming more like Los Angeles, California, instead of Texas. 
So driving on a vacation in Los Angeles in the early 2010s was nerve-wracking, and uh, someone drove uh, a borrowed standard transmission car, and stalling was, you know, was given out and all that good kind of stuff. Now that it, it mattered, but because there was very little movement anyway, as this person sat on the freeway, uh, they could see the filmy, sooty, smog-blurring downtown Los Angeles. And when they visited their now to, you know, they were going to visit, like, their son, uh, and, and they are stuck in traffic there and all that smog and all that stuff. You know, they getting back to the, it was like pre-COVID levels. And so in 2013, this person decided to move to Austin, Texas. And Austin, Texas, which is the capital of Texas, you know, and, and home to our, you know, where the legislatures, you know, where everything happens in Austin. You know, you, we have the capital here. Uh, you have the state leg, the legislatures come from all around the state and make those laws, you know, you know, and what starts here in Texas actually changes the world. Uh, so for most, you know, actually, you know, actually half of my life, I've lived here in Austin. You know that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, half of my life, just half. You love it here. I do. I, I do like it. You know, but they're, they're changing the city, though. That's the problem. It's changed a little bit. A lot. I remember I remember driving through downtown Austin, and I remember looking at the skyline thinking, you know, like in the 90s and the 80s, that, man, this is really a small town to be like the capital of Texas. You know, this is this is too tiny. And now you just don't think that anymore. You know, you that thought doesn't cross your mind. You know, so... Uh, Austin uh, has begun attracting its share of snowbirds, people from north who brought condos in Austin, Texas, spend winters here where the weather is generally milder. And, you know, after Hurricane Harvey in Houston a couple years ago, people who lost homes there began moving into Austin. And while Austin is still half the population of Houston, uh, it's now inheriting Houston traffic. And that demand has raised housing prices even more. And all these migrations have raised housing prices in Austin to the point middle class families can no longer afford to buy here. So you're and I mentioned this earlier. You're having problems where, you know, your your waiters, you know, the people that work at McDonald's, Burger King's, Wendy's, uh, Starbucks, Subways, you know, the people that work there can't afford to live in the city. You know, what was used what used to be seven hundred dollars a month or eight hundred dollars a month for rent, you know, is now twelve hundred, you know. Fifteen hundred dollars a month, and so it's 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 getting kind of crazy, and it's hard for people to survive. You can't stay in a one bedroom, you know, a not even a one bedroom. What do you call it? Uh, was it efficiency? Just, yeah, studio. You can't a studio that costs fifteen hundred dollars. You know, studios. You know, you think of that, you think oh, eight hundred, six hundred dollars. You know, but no, it's 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 getting crazy. So Austin, Texas, is currently the eleventh largest city in the United States. At 978,908 population and counting, it's still half the size of Houston and approximately a fourth the size of Los Angeles. However, it grew 45.6% from 2000 to 2020 and is growing faster than 91% of cities of similar size in the United States. Though COVID drastically slowed both traffic and pollution here in Austin this past year, now that people are getting out of their homes again, the traffic on certain days and then at certain times is as congested as it was pre-COVID. As a result, downtown Austin is shimmering behind a similar smog blanket as all of the other big cities in the United States. Now, both high-end stores and homeless camps line the sidewalks in Austin these days, just as they do in L.A. and Los Angeles. 
tent camps, which have been staples in L.A. But you know what happens, Zach? What happens is when when you have Coda, the Circuit of the Americas comes to town, the F1 race, Mm -hmm. and you have the ACL, the Austin City Limits Music Festival comes to town. You know what they do? They clean out the homeless camps. So downtown, under I-35, over 6th Street there, they cleaned them out. They moved them out, cleaned it up. They covered up the graffiti, you know, you know, and everything, and it's all nice and peachy clean now. They want to make it look good for the tourists. Got to be. Yeah, they had to make it look good. It's like, oh, we don't have a homeless problem here. Come on down to Austin, Texas. You know, come to ACL. Come on down to Dakota. You know, check out the F1 race. There's nothing. There's, yeah, it's beautiful here. There's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Move Y'all, along. Keep it moving. That's right. And so spend your money. So while the homeless population burgeons high-end boutiques and chains from California, New York City, New York are taking over the iconic medium-priced family-owned stores and restaurants on South Congress Avenue in Austin. At a time when more people order merchandise online, Austin's booming with brick-and-mortar stores and erasing the culture of the city. So keeping Austin weird has, has long been the battle cry of Austinites. Unfortunately, as Austin becomes more homogenized or weirdness is getting harder and harder to find, and that's a huge cultural loss for Austin, Texas. So, and that brings us to Prop A. So now, you know, George Soros has decided to drop $500,000 on the Prop A campaign. And, and Proposition A would require the city of Austin to staff a minimum of two police officers per, per 1,000 residents. It would also require an additional 40 hours of post-cadet class training hours per year. And the critics of the proposal have said if Proposition A passes, it will force the city to make substantial cuts in other departments and programs, including family violence, substance, substance abuse, and ambulance services. If Prop 8 passes, all the of these services would uh, will be on the chopping block, according to the Austin City Council District 2 member Vanessa Fuentes doing a press conference. And that's not true at all. You know, what we're saying is, Let's put that funding back into police. Let's increase police funding, you know, so that way we can have our 911 services. That way when you call police, you know, we, we want police to show up when there's an issue, there's a problem to handle those situations. You know, and there's no problems with, you know, if I need ambulance services right now, I can get the paramedics to show up. You know, matter of fact, you get a fire truck and an ambulance. They, they race each other to the scene, you know, when you have any issues. You call 911, they get there pretty quick when it comes to ambulance and the, you know, the fire department. An internal cost estimate produced by city staff indicated that approving Proposition A would cost between $271.5 million and $598.9 million over the next five years. And, you know, we, sp- we spent so much money over the last two and three years over housing, buying hotels for people that are moving from other states that are coming here, uh, you know, to just sleep on the street because they're homeless. They're moving to Texas because in Texas, we'll put you in a hotel. You know, we'll make it nice for you. And so they're like, hey, Austin is where it is. You know, if you're homeless, you know, come to Austin and <laughs> they're going to take care of you. They're going to feed you three meals in a cot. You're not going to have any problems at all. You don't have to sleep in the street. And you're, you're homeless in Austin. You will not go hungry at all. Not one bit. And so, you know, but people that are proposing Prop A said, hey, you know, 
we need to, if you're going to do this, city of Austin, you're going to allow people to come in from other states, other cities, and other cities are busing, you know, dropping people off at the city limits, which is literally happening, then at least have the, you know, the law enforcement, you know, at least make sure they're staffed and capable of handling, you know, what happens in the city. What do you think about that, Zach? I don't think that's too much to ask. Yeah, not at all. Did you know that over the past 10 years, APD has received over $5 billion in funding? Really? Uh-huh. $5 billion. Mm. Is that good or bad? That's an average of $500 million per year. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And they also, they, I think they need to have some assistance, some help in make sure they're spending it wisely. You know, they may be doing, need to do it Maybe right. a little oversight? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? There's nothing wrong with a little oversight. Mm-hmm. Ne- nothing. Nothing. Ever's wrong, ever wrong with that at all, uh, to make sure that hey, you know, and and there is a problem with you know when it comes to law enforcement here in Austin, and when you do call them and they show up, you like let's say it's a fender bender, you get like five officers will show up to a fender bender. Five, yeah, five, and that's, so they go from five to zero. That's yeah, that's it's it's that's overkill. They can't go from five to one, maybe. Yeah, one officer shows up to a fender bender, handle that fender bender, maybe two, you know, to handle traffic, and that's it. We don't need four, don't need five to show up because someone reared it someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's happening in the past. If you they do it wisely, you know, make sure that you know you have the, you know those calls. You know, whenever a call comes in, you only have so many officers respond to that call. That way, they're available to uh, for other calls. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, seems reasonable. Yeah, right. Absolutely. All right. So also, I want to talk about a Texas man chased down the carjacker who allegedly dragged a woman to her death. So a Texas man who helped to stop a suspected killer doing a carjacker, uh, doing a carjacking after a survivor similar incident you know, months ago. So basically, Lewis Matos was sitting at his desk on May 26 when a car crashed through his building. Uh, knocking him from his chair, pushing debris on top of him. Two people, uh, one Mendez and Maritza Shavria, got out of their car and tried to shoot Matos while his desk pinned him to the ground. That's crazy. So months later, he was in the same area of Uvalde on Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. when he saw a man trying to force a woman, Jessica Garza, from her car. You know, it's there's some crazy stuff happening. I don't know if this is because people are being cooped up. You know, because of 2020, everyone's cooped up. You got to love, you know, who you live with and all that kind of stuff. And now the natives are restless. You know, everyone's out and about. And they got to get all that built up energy, all that, you know, stored energy from 2020 and get all that out of their system. You know, it, it seems like things are just crazy right now. We come back from the break. We'll talk about that and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking about the death of the Illinois State Trooper. Uh, this happened in Illinois. He was found shot in, in a squad car. It's been ruled a suicide. 
So a 35-year-old Illinois state trooper found this in a squad car with a single gunshot wound on Friday died by suicide, according to the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. Illinois State Police said they opened an investigation into the death of George Mason after finding him in his parked vehicle around 1.42 p.m. local time on northbound Interstate 94 at 43rd Street. Now, he was transported to the University of Chicago Hospital but died shortly thereafter. Uh, it is with profound heartache and an unfathomably sadness that we inform you of the death of Trooper Gerald Mason. Trooper Mason was one of the many fearless troopers assigned to ISP District Chicago. We are asking the public to respectfully give consideration to the family of Trooper Mason and the whole ISP family while they continue to grieve and work through his tragedy. Mason is an 11-year veteran of the Illinois State Police and was on duty at the time of his shooting. And so many people called Mason the Hulk. He was a solid, strong man. He even ripped his trooper pants during a foot pursuit because of those big muscles. And so, you know, the amazing men and women that we all ask to do so much again and again and again may seem like superheroes on many days, but they are not immortal and they're not indestructible. Uh, they are human beings with hearts, minds, and souls as fragile as the next person. They have a breaking point, according to what... Um, one person said in Illinois State Police. And so, you know, there are times, you know, if you're, you're having hard times, you're having problems, you know, you might want to reach out to someone and talk to someone. There are a lot of numbers that you can call and you can talk to someone, you know, if you're having issues because everything can be worked through no matter how bad, no matter how tough, no matter how rough it is, there's always someone you can talk to and you will get through this hump. No matter what it is, you can get past this point. It may be rough right now. This may be you think, oh, man, this is a wall. I can't get through it. I can't get over it. I can't get around it. But tell, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, you can get over it. You will be able to get through it one way or the other. And when you get past that hump, it gets better on the other side. You know, you just got to get pushed through this hard part here, and it'll be okay when you get down the road. So call someone, talk to someone, and you work it through. It'll be all right. Um, also, men use a... <laughs> a home-assembled ghost gun to shoot four people in a New York nightclub. Now, New York City. All right, so this 25-year-old man allegedly used a home-assembled ghost gun to shoot four people doing a fight at a New York City bar before he was shot by a New York City Police Department sergeant. Now, this, <laughs> this guy's brave. I'm saying, you take a ghost gun in the bar and you whip that sucker out because you're going to shoot some people inside of a bar? That's brave. You know, one, that thing may blow up in your hands because it's a 3D printed gun. I wouldn't even trust it. I wouldn't trust that sucker. <laughs> That's between me and the and the fence post. So the shooting occurred at about 4 a.m. at 1111 uh, restaurant and lounge in, in the city's Inwood neighborhood in northern Manhattan. So an argument that took place inside the bar spilled outside when the bar closed and the bar's security tried to defuse the situation. And this happens, this is the same situation time and time again. You know, when I see situations like this start getting bad, you know, I kind of separate myself and I start scooting over and, you know, working my way on out the door, or out the building, away from that situation. Because I know I can see when things are starting to get bad. You know, I'm not hanging around, you know, because a stray bullet doesn't have anyone's name on it. It's, it's going to go and hit whoever it hits. So you got to be, you know, you, you see that situation, you see things going the wrong way, man, get on out of there. It's crazy. And and then you're that person, you're getting upset with someone, 
sometimes, you know, if you're upset, get it off your chest, yell, scream, whatever, and then let it go. You know, let it go, leave, you know, and just let it go, walk away. While police were talking to security, the man allegedly opened fire, hitting four victims, including, um, we're hitting four victim, victims there, and the sergeant then shot back and hitting the alleged shooter on, in the hip. Now, he was rushed to a Harlem hospital where he was in a stable condition and went into surgery, and the shooting victims who range in age from 28 to 35 years old were all hospitalized with none left life-threatening injuries. And so sometimes you got to let that stuff go. It's not that serious. Uh, hospital workers strike over staffing shortages in upstate New York. Let's see what this is all about. So this is when, you know, social media, you're, you're around Facebook and Twitter. That's why we're on band. What is it? Band.tv. Band.tv. That's right. We're on band.tv now. We're not depending on Facebook, you know, for our video because at Facebook, we're only getting, what, 120 views or some ungodly number on, on Facebook, you know, on Twitter, very low viewership on Twitter and Facebook. But in band, you know, on band, live radio, we get way more people that listen to us. Uh, nearly 2,000 nurses and other hospital workers at Mercy Hospital in Buffalo, New York, walked off the job on Friday, saying an ongoing staffing crisis is making it impossible to provide patients with adequate care. Now, poor working conditions at the hospital are jeopardizing patients' safety. A problem worsened by the recent surge in COVID-19 cases fueled by the Delta variant, according to the Communications Workers of America, the union representing the workers. Now, it's our life's mission to give our friends and family neighbors the care and support they deserve. And walking off the job is now the only option to force Catholic health to listen. So we care about you so much, we're just going to leave. <laughs> you know, we're not going to voice our opinion and stay and, 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 you know, continue to give you the care. We're going to just walk away from you dying in the hospital. Okay. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I buy that. That sounds good. The frontline workers went on strike after their contract expired on Thursday. Negotiations between the CWA and Catholic Health Systems are unexpected to continue throughout the weekend. Now, Mercy Hospital suspended its inpatient non-emergency procedures as well as labor delivery services on Wednesday in preparation for the walkout. Okay, so there you have it. And how's it going, Zach, with um, the president saying, you know what, if you're a company and your company has X amount of employees, you know, vaccines are mandatory. How's 100 that employees or more. 100 employees or more. So how's that going around the country? Is that working out well? Well, they're trying to put that into the infrastructure bill. Really? As part of the bill, that $3.5 trillion bill. Is that that bill they, they put an anti-gun you know, line in there? Yeah, I'm that sure. That one right there? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on now. Yeah, that one. That uh -huh. one. That one right there. <laughs> yeah, also uh, Oxner Health is trying to require all of their employees' spouses Mm. Have to have the vaccine. Employee spouses. Employees so, spouses. So now we're coming into your house. Look here. Yep. Your wife, mm -hmm. you know, she needs <laughs> your wife needs to get one too. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how that's what we're trying to say. You know, we want your wife to have one, we want you to have one. I don't care if your wife don't work for us, but she needs to get a shot. They want to give it to your wife. <laughs> we're gonna give uh -huh. Give you a little break here. <laughs> we're gonna give you a big old break. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you. I don't know what to say about this. This is crazy. I can't. What do you think? You can't that? even make this stuff up, you know. And that's what makes people afraid. That's what makes people push back. When you're forcing, you're saying, "Hey, first you start out by saying, "Hey, let's." There's a lottery. 
Yeah, first they say, we'll give you free Krispy Kreme donuts. Free stuff. And then they really quick went from that to saying, hey, we're going to fire you if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Now, and also, your wife has got to get one, too. And even shows she don't work here. Your family member's got to get one. Wait, mm-hmm. hold my family don't work for the company. We don't care. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, I saw this really My great, body, my choice. Yeah, there's a great compilation of people's tweets who in... Uh, late 2020, mid 2020, when Trump was basically pushing Operation Warp Speed with releasing the vaccine, mm-hmm. people were saying, I'll never get a vaccine from this fascist. I'll never put anything in my body that he releases. And then now they've changed they fast tune. forward to the next tweet that they put. Six You're months selfish. Later, you need to get a yeah, vaccine. Saying, you need to get the vaccine too. <laughs> oh, what, my body, my choice. What about that? Uh huh. And I'm not, I'm not showing a vaccine card. If I have to go somewhere after I show a card, a vaccine card, I'm not showing it. I'll show you a fake one first. Mm-hmm. I can lie to you. I can lie to my doctor. I can lie to everyone else. I just can't lie to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? That's the bottom line. I can lie to everybody else. I go to a restaurant. I can lie to you at the restaurant. I can stand in front of my doctor and lie to my doctor if I want to. But what I, who I can't lie to, according to the law, is I can't lie to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't lie to cops. That's right. Don't lie to the popo. That's right. They don't like that. They can lie to you, but you can't lie to them. They can lie to you, but you can't lie to them. You cannot lie to them. That's right. Supreme Court precedents. Look it up. Google it. You gonna learn That's today. True. <laughs> I love to my class today. You gonna <laughs> learn today. All right. So that's the current events. That's what's happened this week in the country. That's what happened in in Texas. That's what happened in Austin. It's like I always say every single week, you know, don't listen to me <laughs> if you don't want to. But I suggest and strongly urge you, you go out there, go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.